alongside Mitchell Spenley on this chaotic Wednesday morning. So, buddy. But we are here. We made it. <laughs> it took a little bit of extra effort today, but we got here in time for the start of the show. Show comes on at uh, 9.03. And Gets I was, here at 9.01. I was here maybe. at 8.40. Jack was here at 9.01. Right and early. We made it. Yeah, we made it, buddy. Better late. Oh, well, not better late than ever because we weren't late, but <laughs> right in the nick of time, Late right? compared to usual. Yes, late uh, compared to usual. Anyways. So. It's great to have you, though. You know. Yes, it is. Man. I would have to just put a mic here. up and just start talking in here. That would not have been good. That would not have been good. I think everyone <laughs> would have been upset in that situation. Oh my goodness! You, but... the listener, Regs. I think everyone would have had a bad day. Ooh, there we go. Now I hear myself. <laughs> yes, now you hear yourself. We're uh, loving this. All right. Well, how are uh, we doing, Jack? Uh, I'm doing okay. Chaotic a little bit. Just finished up a test at my 8 a.m. Um, you know, we, we hope we do. Okay. We hope we did. Okay. That's how I'll phrase it. Yeah. We just put trust, right? We yeah. we have to check, you know, on, a, on another note, on a more sportier note, the Eagles won yesterday. Yeah, I know. They won. We'll talk about that. Well, they in a actually bit. won twice. I know. I know what we're talking. I know exactly what you're referencing. Double header. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. We got, I don't know. I wouldn't say plenty. To talk I wouldn't about say today. plenty to talk about at all. We're gonna have to have some some haircut bits in here. You yeah, know, we're gonna have to improvise and get through the two hours. But we'll <laughs> talk about uh, what the Eagles did yesterday and who they uh, lost. But you could say it was addition by subtraction. It, it was one many lot. It was multiplication by subtraction. It was incredible. So we'll talk about all that just in a little bit coming up here on the show. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of baseball talk as always. Today is the day. Pitchers and catchers report at least for the Mets. I know the Phillies is tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah. So, But today is the day. Baseball officially back. A lot of guys already, I know I've seen a Mets camp with Verlander. Scherzer already down there. Uh, a lot of the guys. And, I, man, I've been loving some of the quotes I've heard from the, you know, just been hearing from the Mets players. I mean, you wouldn't want to hear anything else, but Edwin Diaz, man, the quote he he, he, I found yesterday, oh my goodness, just got me so hyped up for the season to get here. What did Trumpet Boy say? Uh, let me find it. I texted it to my dad. So let me just go back and find it real quick. To your father. Ah, uh, yes. He said, <laughs> in quotes, I will keep throwing my two pitches, my fastball and my slider, and keep striking out everybody. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> he did strike out over half the batters he faced He struck last year. out quite a few people yeah. last year. We'll see just if it continues. New contract in hand, right? Maybe, maybe the edge is off. Maybe the edge is off. I don't know. I, don't know I, I miss uh, what was it? Twenty nineteen, Edwin Diaz. That was a great time. Yeah, because he he was horrible. He was awful. <laughs> like that dude was was trash. That was. Uh, can we go back to that? You know, let's not. I, I like uh, you know. Throwback Thursday. Throwback to twenty nineteen. Yeah, I would prefer not for that to happen. Jack, twenty nineteen was such a simpler time, right? New Bryce Harper, bad Edwin Diaz, no pandemic. Both of our teams were terrible. Yeah, but like equally terrible to where it was competitive. Yeah, exactly. It was like to the point where man, both of our teams are misery. And of course, the Mets found a way to peak in like July and August and give us some hope going down the stretch of the season, and then we just fell apart as so. usual. As yeah. usual. But yeah, I remember as usual uh, for the old regime. So yeah. I remember the uh, the Reese Hoskins slow trot. The I think we guys sweat. We we guys. <laughs> we we guys. <laughs> we guys there. Um, we, we swept got, you. We in got June. swept you. You know where I was when the Phillies swept the Mets in June in a four game series. <laughs> Do you know where I was, Jack? No. And honestly, I I does it matter? It was in San Diego. Diego. We're gonna slam Diego. <laughs> I was in Slam Diego, buddy. <laughs> Smedley plays in Slam Diego. I think um, 
I don't know if it was that trip or a different trip where we actually did go see a Padres game. But uh, it all blends together um, over in Petco Park. I remember the escalator very vividly. My dad went to Petco Park this past summer where he got me that Padres that, that hat. That Padres hat. Get a hat for the Padres! Yeah, it's, oh my goodness. <laughs> I love that guy. I need to figure out his name. Yeah. I can't just keep saying that guy. You can't just keep referencing that guy. <laughs> that guy. Maybe that's Steve Gannon. <laughs> yeah, and actually that's a great, great little uh, lead way into what we got to talk about. Eagles lose both of their coordinators. Uh, lose or, or throw away. We'll, we'll, we'll say lose because they did leave the team, <laughs> but to bigger and better things for probably one of them because I think one of the two will have a chance at greater success than the other one, and I think you know exactly uh, what I'm referring to here. But uh, Arizona's up and coming, buddy. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. I know. Um, but, yeah, we, we mentioned Shane Steichen to the Colts. That was confirmed right before the Super Bowl, the day of, actually. Um, so he's going to Indianapolis to be their new head coach. Uh, and as of yesterday, Jonathan Gannon takes the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm sure Eagles fans everywhere are, are applauding. They're Bye, celebrating. They're, 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 they're popping the champagne bottles like they won the Super Bowl with, with this guy out of town. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a very, very good consolation prize. Yeah. You know, Jack, it, all I can think back to is Michael K. See ya! Yeah, exactly. And we, we do have to talk about the Cardinal side of this because, man, the dysfunction of that organization is just oh, it's it's baffling. Emanating. It's baffling, really. I mean, you think about going into the season, they get D-Hop, J.J. Watt. They're trying to load up for a team that's coming fresh of a a playoff run. They lost to the Super Bowl champion Rams in the wild card round. Um, And, yeah, that that game was a blowout. But wasn't that bad for most of the game. No, but then the Rams pulled away late. But Mm. anyway, and then, then this year was just a complete dud. I mean, wow. They're paying Kyler Murray to be the second highest paid quarterback in the league, I believe. Yeah, that's a lot of money tied up there. And now we you just hired really a guy nuts. who was not a great defensive coordinator by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, no. No, he was awful. Like, there are way... If you wanted to go get a DC as your head coach, oh, there my. were many better options. Like, um, oh, I saw the interview. I need to, I need Fangio to look Fangio went to Miami, right? Yeah, Fangio went to Miami. And by the way, Fangio was helping again a game plan for the Super Bowl. Look how that turned did, out. Yeah, did not go well. But uh, Not a fan of Fangio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Cardinals also uh, interviewed Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, and he has way better schemes than, than Gannon did. I mean, look at that Bengals defense did. They held the Chiefs to 23 points. 23 points to 38. Like, you want to go get a D.C., go get that guy. I'm They're no just... mathematologist, but that sounds like a lot. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just I don't get it. The Cardinals' dysfunction will continue. That organization will cease to do anything of note as long as they keep hiring people like Jonathan Gannon. Or as in this case, Steve Gannon. So yeah, Steve Gannon. Steve it, it's Gannon. really. It, I'll let you read that. But do, it's dysfunctional. How do you feel that you no longer have to say Steve Gannon? I feel fantastic, and like honestly, I just I hope that the next guy has a really good name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one that I can't ever confuse <laughs> and embarrass myself. By. I, I am gonna miss the name Steichen. You know? Yeah. That's just a powerful, rugged name. I thought about a little weird thing uh, with, with, with the Colts, but we'll talk about we'll that get there. on we'll the get other there. side of this notebook. Attention, KU community. Bears at Night will be holding a Black History celebration on Friday, February 24th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. in Room 1 of the South Dining Hall. There will be poetry, artwork, and performances from students, and there will be an appearance from the Catwalk Modeling Troupe. Please enter through the event entrance by the ATM. Be sure to come out for this special event. 
This message of community interest brought to you by the Ready Voice of Coastal University, KUR. Heavy hitters back bright and early on this Wednesday morning. Mitch, it is nice weather out today. It's, it's gonna beautiful. Get in, it's going to get into the 60s. Jack, look what I'm wearing. Look at this. This ain't no winter jacket. It's a light hoodie. It's a light hoodie. Underneath it is a Cliff Lee jersey. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for this baseball season. Do I have a Phillies hat on? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you're blind, you got to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> you always got to make sure. Um, yeah, it, it's beautiful out. It's going to be 62 and at least partly sunny, I think. I don't, I don't really know. I don't pay attention to things. I'm kidding. I did actually look at the entire forecast today. I just don't have the brain capacity to remember it. Yeah, especially not this early in the morning. Yeah, no. I was like, yeah. But um, anyway, we have to get back into discussion. So I mentioned a little tidbit that I found interesting. Uh, and there's a lot of correlations between the Colts and the Eagles and, yeah. and the recent coaching hires. I'm getting so, deja vu, Jack. 2018 Super Bowl. Yeah. Eagles win. Beautiful night. Reich. Then shortly thereafter gets hired to go be the Colts head coach. Who was the Eagles was offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator. Yes. Now, let, let's turn the page to 2023. Eagles make the Super Bowl. This time falls short. But the Colts hire the Eagles offensive coordinator, Reich Steichen. I mean, obviously I have to add the E-N at the end, so it's Steichen. In. But it's Reich and Steichen? I mean, what is up with the name? Like this, like this, It sounds... Similar, you know what I'm saying? Like I actually didn't even name. put those two together, but uh, I don't. Steichen's a cool name. It is, and, and honestly, if you get mad at him too, it's like, oh, God, Steichen, ah, like, Steichen, darn it, uh, this Steichen team sucks. Yes, you know precisely. Yeah, you know you can just be upset with it. Yeah, um, it's easy to to yell at the coach that way. That's the that's the measure of a good coach for me. You know, can I yell at him easily with his name? You better check yourself. Uh, like, you know, if you're from Boston. Um, but, like, you know, what, what can I do with Sirianni, man? Like, hey, man, like, Nick Sirianni, man. Like, what you doing over there on the The moment the, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. When he an, cried. Uh, that You could look at that. But when he pointed the first down on the sideline, when they were viewing it with, uh, I think it was the Devonta Smith catch, mm. and uh, Jalen Hurts just grabs his arm and puts it down. <laughs> <laughs> says, I did not see that. Yeah. Said no. <laughs> I like Jalen Hurts a little bit more now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he put it down. Yeah, he was like, yeah, they like, give it like a little smack to put it down. Hey, and coach, then coach, it got come on, turn. Yeah, come, come on, on, coach. Uh, let's, well, uh, let let's settle down here, buddy. Nick, but, <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick. Enough. <laughs> I Enough. love that. I did so. not know about that storyline. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So. It's so annoying. Do you see the Juju? Uh, yes, I was going to bring that Brown up to you. We, we have beef to talk about. We do have beef to talk about. Let's Call go us a Whopper because we got beef. Whopper, Whopper. <laughs> um, big game, big game. We skipped the big game. <laughs> all right. Well, I thought that was a good uh, uh, imitation, actually. Yeah, it was. We're, we are going to break down the entire Twitter feud between not only Juju and AJ Brown, but pretty much the entire Eagles team uh, because... Juju, I've only heard AJ Brown. Juju posted a little meme. Bradbury posted something and then he deleted it. So, oh, uh, did I thought Bradbury didn't didn't talk. Bradbury said at Eli Apple, I now get why you do it. Dot dot dot, and then deleted it. Do what? Like hold clown the chip. 
<laughs> no, I think you meant. I think. <laughs> I think Eli meant, Apple's very good at that too. I th- yeah, exactly. So it could have been both. I like that bitch. That was hilarious. Uh, but I think he more meant like clowning the Chiefs and like, uh, oh. like Juju and all that. Because well, they're a bunch so. of clowns. So. Oh. If you don't know, um, Juju around. Midday yesterday, TikTok boy post a, a tweet really all over all social media platforms, and he said, "Happy Valentine's Day, everybody!" With a heart, and it said, "It's like one of those like two from Valentine's Day things." It says, "I'll hold you when it matters most," and it's a picture of James Bradbury, and he says, "Two blank from blank." So, um, yeah, that was that was funny, and then AJ Brown, that was funny. I thought that was funny. That was just a meme. I thought that like, was I, so. Funny. I just thought it was jokingly funny, and then yes. AJ Brown takes it a little personally. Says, first off, congratulations, y'all deserve it. Started off nice, right? How could yeah. this go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> y'all deserve it. This is lame. Period. <laughs> Just a, a total turn. You was on the way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. TikTok boy! He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. And then throws in a couple emojis at the end that are just like celebratory emojis. Nothing of uh, heinous, I would say. But yeah, yeah it was... Uh, and then Juju responded, "Glad you were able to finally able. Glad you were finally able to get all that off your chest after all these years. Good game, bro, with a thumbs up and a ring emoji. So <laughs> then, uh, th- but then uh, that's not all. That's not all. But wait, CJ GJ gets in on the fun. Oh uh, yeah, and says, you know, the guy that did nothing in the Super Bowl, and he says Juju ran for me when I check him in in game. Yawning emojis. Then ten got his smoke. Um, and then what? Juju responds." With yeah, laughing faces. I went to the sideline to call him, and then he throws in the uh, the clip of CJGJ on the Saints getting in a fight with that Bears receiver. Mm. I believe it was uh, oh, what's his name? What's his first? I know his last name is Mims. Denzel. Oh wait, yes. Oh, wait, it might be Denzel Mims. Maybe. Is it? Den- I thought the Jets drafted him or the Giants. I thought a New York team drafted Denzel Mims. I swore it was the Giants. No, it was the Jets. No, was it? Okay. Let's let's check. Was he on the Bears? Denzel Mims is the guy I wanted the Eagles to draft in place of Jalen Hurts. <laughs> no, 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 just the Jets. That's the wrong guy. I'm going to look it up. Bears receiver Mims. I just can't believe I'm blanking on this. They have a guy, um, who's that, like? Javon Mims, I think, is it. Who's the other uh, receiver they have that has, like, the last name of, of someone else? I, it might be a tight end. Um, but it's like, whoa, he's on the Bears. Oh, wait, no, nah, that's his brother. Something like that. You know what I mean? Are you, do you know what I'm talking about? Look up the Bears receivers. People that caught passes for the Bears this year. You know who I'm talking about? A lot of scrubs. Who oh, we got? But, let's see. Hold on. I thought it was a tight end. Are you thinking of Komet? No, no, no. I know Cole Komet. Who are you thinking of? I like? don't know, but like he had the last name of like another like player, and you know it's like let's it, see. It, it would be Dante like Dante Pettis. Equinamia St. Brown. St. Brown, yeah. Yes. Because of Amon Ra. Yes. The sun god. Yeah. And um, Byron Pringle, Vellis Jones, who's they a They have Byron machine. Pringle? Yeah. Wasn't he, a, wasn't he a chief? Yes, he was. Well, didn't get a ring. Yeah. You know what irritates me to my core? What? Sky Moore has a ring. <laughs> <laughs> the man who I tripped in. I was like American's fantasy superstar right And there. I was like, this is the next big thing, Thad. And uh, it did not pan out. I still got to third place in the league. 
but the fact that that man won a championship. Oh, it was Javon Wims. That's it, who got in the fight with Johnson. Oh. And I, I misread it. So, mm. yeah, that's it. That makes more sense now. That's why I couldn't find his name. Uh, oh, but uh, I missed one more tweet for, for, for the beef, by the way. Mm. That, uh, Juju also said back to Gardner Johnson, big cap. Also, I told you in the game to stop all that talking because we were going to come back and win that game. Now help me decide which finger I need to get sized for this ring. Laughing emojis. Yeah. Yeah, it got spicy, man. He, we'll, we'll talk about it. Who's right, who's wrong. Um, coming up after this break we got to get to, right? Yeah, well, who's right, who's wrong. One one player has a ring, the others do not. So uh, yeah. that also aids your argument a little bit there when you have the ring to back it up. A little bit. A so. little bit of uh, cavalry there. So. Yes. We're going to step aside for the first time today on Heavy Hitters. When we come back, we'll get back into more of the, I would say, beefs and other things surrounding the Super Bowl and putting a bow uh, on what was the 22-23 NFL season. All that and more coming in next here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. Okay, we're Kutztown. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, a little after 9.20 on the East Coast. And we are talking uh, the end of the NFL season, talking beef between Eagles and Chiefs, more specifically TikTok boy Juju Smith-Schuster. And Jack, so do you think Juju was wrong for the initial tweet? Let's start there. No, I thought it was funny. I I thought thought it was was just a funny meme. And, of course, you know, you're going to ruffle some feathers when when you do something like that. So, right? Yes. Ruffle some feathers with the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But... Yeah, man, it's uh, it was funny to me. I just thought the whole situation, just from start to finish, was funny. Uh, especially just how AJ Brown took it. <laughs> like it, it's just it was it was a meme, and then he just goes off, and it starts a whole thing. And I think my favorite part of this is the AJ Brown tweet. I I thought the Juju thing was really funny. Um, you know. But I thought A.J. Brown to start off with, first off, congratulations, y'all deserve it. And then just to go into the whole rant, it, it was quite a quite a turn, you know what I mean? Felt like the first half and the second half of the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really, oh, I'm going to cry. Um, I, I, I don't know, do you think A.J. Brown's wrong for, for jumping in like that? Calling him TikTok boy, which by the way was funny. I don't know, man. It, it, to me, it's just, I think it was all just. <sighs> Start off jokingly, then got took a little personally, and then it the beef kind of ran with there. It never really got, like, too crazy. Yeah. You didn't see these guys just going, like, nuts, like, dang, this dude just violated, <clears throat> like, whew. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there was yeah. nothing egregious said. So, to me, it was fine. I just thought it was, the whole situation was pretty funny. Um... I mean, I thought the CJ DJ comments were a little like, okay, whatever, but, you know. It reminded me, what was uh, the thing Bradbury tweeted but took down? Uh, he tagged Eli Apple and he said uh, I, something along the lines of like, yeah, I now know why you do it, uh, my guy, or something like that, and then deleted it. Yeah. So. What do you think of that? I think it's kind of corny, but, you know. I mean, you're going to tag a bum and yeah. say, now I know why you do it. Like, if it was someone who was good, makes sense, but Eli Apple's not good. Eli Apple is definitely not good. And I, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. The guy that did the thing that lost you the Super Bowl, I get that there were others, right? Yeah. Jalen fumbled. So the guy who Steve lost Gannon you the Super Bowl. showed up, right? Like, there are things that lost you that game. Yeah. <laughs> but for for Bradbury, right, of course the spotlight is on him. Juju's the one talking. Apple, not Apple, geez. 
uh, Bradbury's the one that held him. I mean, I, I would shut my mouth in that situation. Well, yeah, I, I, knowing me, I it, wouldn't, but it, I should. It, I mean, I should. yeah, I like Bradbury should just not be talking right, right. now. Right. I like A.J. Brown and, <clears throat> and C.J. G.J. speaking up for their teammate, but uh, I, would, uh, I would stay very, very quiet if I were James Bradbury. Yeah. So that that's really the the only part of it that I wouldn't uh, that I wasn't too pleased hearing about. And you know that's kind of a byproduct of you know like social media and stuff like that. Yeah. You know you just never anyone can put anything they feel is you know at appropriate at that time for them on the internet. And you know you can delete it, but someone's gonna get a screenshot. Someone's gonna see it. And especially if you're in the you know the national spotlight, it's like a an athlete or a celebrity or stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you think you're going to say something that no one might see, even if you delete it within like a minute of being up, someone will see it. Yeah. And someone could take a screenshot of that, like yeah. we've seen well too many times. So uh, that 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 stuff is a little crazy to think about. That is a deep rabbit hole to go down, so we're not going to do that. But I thought that was just an interesting point to talk about. Yeah. Another interesting point. Let's not forget that A.J. Brown's right. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is not very good. He was a lot better in Pittsburgh. Over the first couple of years of his career, and he has declined steadily. He he has a lot, you know. Where do you think he's playing next from year? I mean, maybe he's back with KC. I don't. know. I highly doubt that. You got to think they're going to find some better options. They did win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Was that because of or in spite of Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, I'm not going to say Juju was a key part of their Super Bowl win, but you know what? See, he, he, draft- he was he was a relied upon target in the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Here's what I do. If Didn't I'm, put up a lot of yards. I'm Casey, but... I'm drafting. Uh, I'm using my first or second round. Do they even have first and second rounders? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, they don't even trade their things away. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, isn't that insane? Like, the Rams, right? They're a shell. They oh, have yeah. nothing left. Like, they have no picks within a Kansas five Kansas City's years. just going to stay. They're done. Yeah, they're over. But, uh... I would uh, say they're done, but it's not great. It is not a good situation. I would say they're done. But, Casey, like, I would draft a high-profile uh, receiver in the draft. And then uh, develop generational talent, Sky Moore. <laughs> and, then, and then you have like oh, the boys. No, no, no. The MVS or the the Hardman. By the way, where was he? Sky Moore. No, MVS. Oh, we, I mean, we want to grill this man. He was shut down. We want to grill this man. Uh, uh, Juju. I mean, what MVS is just getting none of hate. Like, yeah, he was. He was there in the AFC Championship game. Yes, but like he had one target. It one was target. It was incomplete because he ran a bad route and then didn't get thrown to again. So yeah. he's got a ring, though. I think the Chiefs got to bring Jarek McKinnon back. You think? He was very good for them. It was okay. It was okay. Did you know Melvin Gordon got a Super Bowl ring, by the way? What? Why? He was on the Chiefs. When? Uh, they picked him up, like, down the stretch of the regular season. <laughs> just stashed in their active roster and just did nothing. Melvin Gordon yeah. has a Super now Bowl he's, ring. Now he's a Super Bowl champion. Congrats to him, man. stage. Super Bowl champion Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Yeah, oh I mean, God. Melvin, what was it like for you to win a Super Bowl? Man, it was great. Sat on the sidelines, That's watched my disgusting. team do it for me. You know. That hurts me almost as much as Jason Peters having a ring. I dapped up Patrick Mahomes at the game, said, thank you for getting me my ring, big man. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, too. Yeah. That's really who did it. And the and, <laughs> and the Nick Bolton. <laughs> Nick Bolton with the scoop and score, too. So. Oh, by the way, I was, had I was under the impression that the Miles Sanders thing was a fumble. Oh, yeah, dude. True Like, story. literally a half of a step more, and that's a fumble. And yeah. honestly, I could have seen that staying a fumble call on the field. Me too. Me too. Oh, He's man. trash. He's... I'm sorry. 
not a good running Didn't back. Didn't you at right one now. point say he might have been better than Saquon? We'd have to roll the tape, but uh, I'm pretty sure you said that. Like 95% sure. I am also 95% sure I said that. Yeah, that's, to that's, be fair, I didn't see Saquon playing on Sunday. No, but I'm not going to say Miles Sanders <laughs> got the Eagles to the Super Bowl. You could plug and play pretty much a hand pick your your back and I have a Miles Sanders jersey. That's gross. Yeah, how do you think that would feel? That's like? gross. Nah, I, I love it. It's a great jersey. It's not a great jersey. I enjoy it. He should be gone. You should be gone. I know I should not. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking somewhere else. In if I agency. polled, if I polled Eagles fans. <laughs> I, I think on uh, would you like Miles Sanders here for the eighty four next couple of years? No. Yeah, exactly as they should. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I just I Isaiah Pacheco was better in this game, obviously than than uh, Mister Mister Sanders was. Look, my my thing is people get all hype about like Kenny G and Boston Scott. I don't think either of those guys are a lead running back. I, no, they're not, but. Look, well, Sanders didn't play like one either. I know he didn't play like one, but if Sanders was willing to come back for not a lot of money, because he doesn't deserve a lot of money, I would like Sanders back here. Um, I mean, or of course you can try and get someone in free agency, but what free agent running backs are there this year? Fumble Ruski, man, uh, Mr. Mr. Sanders. Yeah. Fumble. Fumble. Lost, lost the Dallas game, Mr. helped lose Fumble. the Super Bowl. He's lost a couple games. You can you can go back and say, man, Sanders fumbling. This is a problem. Did he fumble in the Washington game? Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs, by the way. Just, Just those two? Yeah. Boy, I'd kill for Josh Jacobs. But that won't happen because we have so much cap problem already. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna have to sign Hurts there. That hurts. It hurts that I'm How much do you think you're paying him for years? Uh what did Mahomes get? For I Mahomes getting five hundred mil, I think, over ten years. Five mil over ten years. Let me look it up to be and sure. And what are the other recent contracts? It was The problem is Dak's getting forty. And he's better than Dak. Forty million a year. He's getting upwards of forty. Probably forty five. It's an overpay, but you gotta do it. It is an overpay. If the Eagles could pay Jalen Hurts thirty five to forty, I'd be ecstatic. Mahomes, 450 mil over 10 years. 45 a year. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Um, it is, but it's also Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure the I, Chiefs don't have a problem tying that up. If I had to lock in a number, it'd say, like, Hurts, 37 million a year. Is what no, he's getting over 40. 100%. I know. I know. 100%. I know. There's no way that Jalen Hurts' agent I know. is going to let him get paid less than Dak Prescott. I'm well aware. I'm well aware. There's no way his agent gets him paid more than Mahomes. No, he doesn't deserve to. So that's a very tight window, 40 to 45. Yeah. I just, um, how many years do you sign a guy like that for? Because I don't think he's going to be that durable. I think signing him to anything upwards of four or five years is four. Dude, if you're going to give him that much money, you got to give him more than five years. Why? Because he's guaranteed money. Yeah. I'd be willing to pay him 50 million a year for five years. So. Well, let's look. Let's see. How old is Jalen Hurts? He is 24. Yeah, he's very young. Give him seven years. Uh, Maybe 10. Oh, come on. Guess until he's 34. What about a 15-year deal until he's 30? Like an MLB. That'd be crazy. I would cry. Could you imagine? I don't want him here. Even after the Super Bowl? Very much after the Super Bowl. I'm shocked. Fumble I'm in the biggest game. I of the year. highly disagree with that. I know you do. I know. 
Couldn't do anything in the second half. I'm not entirely sure that's on his shoulders. I know. Because when you can't run the football, it makes it extremely hard to run an offense. And when you have Shane Steichen calling plays, makes so. it ex- extraordinarily difficult to run an offense. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blame it on Shane Steichen because this offense was dynamic all year. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I, I don't think the blame lies on the offense. No, it, it aside doesn't. from the fumble. Yeah, outside of that one mistake, I mean, it really wasn't anything the offense did. I mean, you could argue it was more what the offense didn't do in the second half. That could be like you say, well, yeah, but the defense never got off the field. So, I don't know. It's a game that obviously stings no matter how you slice it up looking back on it. But Yeah, it really does. So Scored 11 in the second half. Yeah, man, that, that's rough. That That's rough. Got to get more. You know what guy I just don't like, by the way? I just popped in my head. Who? Jake Elliott, man. Why? <laughs> the kicker? Yeah. Why? I just don't like that I guy. I love Jake Elliott. He's got, like, such a punchable face. Is it good? It is good! Philadelphia wins it! Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but every time I look at that guy, I just get I just get mad. I love Jake Elliott. He's my baby. You know, he looks like the grumpy old troll under the bridge, you know? <laughs> Why do you hate Jake Elliott? I, well, it doesn't help that he made a 61-yard game-winning field goal against my team, too. It was a beautiful moment. Kick-started the run dreams. to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. <sighs> began the chemistry that brought that team all the way. So, um, and Magic. I said it uh, over our break, but we saw it all this season. We saw quite a bit in the NFL. Um, and I really like. I would love to say like, wow, what a, like a crazy like competitive season, but it really wasn't, especially in the NFC. No, yeah, it was kind the of Eagles. A, a down year. Eagles, one <clears throat> A, Niners, one B, everyone else. Yeah, and the and the one B fell apart. At the end, yeah, because of injuries, it and bad coaching, and yeah. By the way, uh, you want to talk about like the Eagles chirping and stuff? How about the uh, the Niners? I mean, I think that's you, bad coaching. You can't say part. they were wrong though, the players wise. Like some of them, I think it's somewhat of a bad look for you. It is. Going I, oh, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree. I mean, it's just you know, at some point, man up and move on. But at the end of the day, some of the things they were saying, the Chiefs did exploit. Like what? Like the motion. Oh. Like putting your receivers in motion, having them stay in the same high. Because you saw night in and night out when the Chiefs ran motion plays. The Over. Eagles would overcompensate to one side of the field. Slay, especially in the Tony touching, you see Slay communicating to CJGJ to go further on the left side of the field, on the far side of the field from from where that camera angle is showing. And then Tony just stops, cuts back, uh, and then he's wide open for a touchdown. And Slay was running to the other side of the field, and he just got bamboozled. So Absolutely gross play. Yeah, I mean, it was just all night long. I mean, at the end of the day, is that part scheme? Yes, but that's also on the players for, you know, you have to know that there's the possibility that the guy doesn't fully motion across the field. Yeah. It's not like this is just some unforeseen (coughs) Andy Reid scheme that was brand new in the biggest stage of the year. And honestly, you know where Reid got that from? Philadelphia, no, no. I thought I thought we do that. Doug Peterson. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. In a Week Four game against the Eagles in Philly, Jamal Agnew runs the same play that Kadarius Tony runs, just further motion. Agnew started out wide, came back more towards the line, cut back, open for a touchdown, wide open. Hmm. Chiefs schemed plays like that, not ex- not the exact same thing, but you know, a little bit different. 
and that's where they had a lot of their success. I mean, three of their touchdowns came, all, all three of Mahomes' touchdowns came on motion. You see the first one, Kelsey motions in, goes up, stutter step, boom, Cooks eps the touchdown. You see the uh, Tony motion, you see the Moore motion. Their touchdowns were wide open. Wide. Because of wide scheme open. and miscommunication on the defensive end. Yeah. What do they have? Like one rushing touchdown, which also was untouched into yeah. the end zone? Again, it was a one yard rushing touchdown for Pacheco, but. Yeah. So that's tough. But untouched. Yeah, untouched. I mean. Just no no fight near the goal line at all. And it was, you know, the only time they made any sort of stop, it got called for holding. And so it's, it's depressing. But. Man, oh man, like you look back, like quite a bit happened though still. You know, you had the, uh, obviously the DeMar Hamlin situation and um, I'm trying to think of some of the other big. Oh, did we uh, talk about the uh, the Sipos injury? Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah, that was a huge play. Yeah. Sipos not being fully healthy with that short punt. Yeah. And by the way, what terrible punt coverage. Um, uh, huh. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know who number 28 in the Eagles is, but I believe he's a gunner on special teams. I mean, a horrible play on that punt return. It was all bad. Did not stay home on the far side of the field. Was going pretty much right towards Tony. Like, like in the middle of that clump of players there. He never really got to Tony because Tony got off that tackle on the field. Do you let him but go someone's got to stay home. Someone's right. got to stay home on that side of the field because you know that if he's going at the left side, he breaks a tackle. There's not a lot of room at that side. And he's going to reverse the field. And that's exactly what he did. So, I mean, that, that was just another horrible play if you look disgusting. at the film breakdown. Disgusting. So. The entire time I was just sitting there, I was like, the one time that there's not going to be holding on every the time. Team. Okay, okay. Now, outside of the Super Bowl punt, every time I hear the name Sipos, you know what play I think of. That play? No, 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 no. Oh, oh. Um, the play against the Giants. Did he do something against the Giants? The 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 play he got hurt on? What? Oh! <laughs> Oh, were you just Superman up the sideline? <laughs> oh my goodness! Is it laugh- possible that that play <laughs> lost the Eagles the Super Bowl? I laugh every time I see that play, and not because Sipos got hurt. It was just so funny <laughs> seeing a punter scoop up the football <laughs> and dart up the sideline and almost get there, but almost, not quite. <laughs> almost got there, then got rocked, absolutely rocked on the sideline, and then unfortunately he got hurt. Yeah, but it was just so funny to me seeing in live time. I'm like. No way, we've actually blocked the punt and are going to let the punter, of all people, the punter, scoop up and run for a first down. It was just... Yeah, oh my, my favorite goodness. part of that is just seeing no one else be able to get to the ball yeah. other than him. Yeah, he just darts over to there's the corner 20, of the end zone. It scoops it up. And there he goes, Sipos. There's 21 other people on that field. And he, the one who kicked it, by the way, <laughs> there's like half the field that's closer. You know, the other half is in motion already. And he's just standing there and he's like, hold on, I can go get that all the way across the field. I got to go dart and get this football. <laughs> This is my time to shine. I can put my athleticism on display. This is my time to shine. This is it. This is the moment I've been waiting for. Boom. You know that video, like the the montage of the song, Here Comes the Boom, and they just show big football hits? No. Oh, it's a great video. I don't know that video. It's it's a fantastic video. I think you could add that to it. So, yeah. All right. I like, those, uh, aside, like those compilations. It's like NFL hits, like big NFL hits, but they get progressively more intense. Yeah. You know, I love those videos. I love the um, like the MLB ones, like uh, ninth inning home runs, but they get progressively more intense, right? And it starts off from just like, you know, being down like 14 to 2 to then like a walk-off at the end. You know, like yeah. It's, yeah, I love those. Like Mariners and the formerly known Indians. Yeah. 
way back. Yeah. It was, I think it was 11 2 or 12 2 Seattle, and Cleveland came all the way back and won it. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't, I did not even know about that game. Yep. Yeah. That's progressive crazy. field. So, all right. We got to step aside, though, for our final break of hour number one. When we come back, we'll move on a little bit. I think we'll put the bow on hour number one. Uh, we're talking about a little, a little bit NHL, Mitch. Uh, it's not something we've talked a whole lot about on the show, but, yeah. uh, it's a pressing matter. It's one of the you know most active sports now. We are kind of not I wouldn't say winding down in the season, but we're getting getting to the home stretch here. A lot of teams in the mid fifties and games played. Uh, the playoff race is continuing to take shape. Uh, so we'll talk all things NHL uh, to wrap up our number one here on Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim, as always, joined by my Philly sports loving friend Mitchell Smedley. Mitch, it's a gross hat, but it's almost that time. Yeah, I know. Do you like this hat? No. Like, like object, not subjectively, like objectively. Like, is no. it an okay hat? The color scheme? Yeah, It's okay, I, I, I think guess. it's a nice hat. Right? I feel yeah. like red and blue kind of clash, but. You think? I like red and blue. I'm always weird like that. I've always worn, like, red shirts with, like, blue hoodies, <laughs> blue zip-ups, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm weird, you know? Colors don't really matter when you can't see them. <laughs> that that is fair. That. Quotes we done and said. So colors don't really matter when you can't see them. Um, it's you know it's it, there's actually multiple levels to that statement. The deeper you think about it, you know, take it as you will. Uh, Jack, it's that time of year where a uh, I remember after the Alshon Jeffrey drop interception, Phillies lose to the Saints. Phillies lose to the Saints. Eagles <laughs> lose to the Saints in the divisional round of the 2018 NFL postseason, which took place in 2019. Yeah. Um. A uh, not-so-wise teacher once told me in high school, who I couldn't stand, by the way. Figure, she was a Steelers fan. Um, (laughs) She told me, you know, this is the time of year when many of us realize there's always hockey season. And and that was like, you know, a year that the Flyers actually did end up making the playoffs, lost to the Penguins, of all people, in in the playoffs. I was at one of the games, didn't even score. All I wanted was to hear the horn, Jack. I just wanted to hear the horn once, and I didn't. Got shut out five nothing. Anyways, but <laughs> I just wanted to hear it once. I just wanted it once. Um, this year, an overwhelming sense of of emptiness has overcome me because I don't have a hockey team to root for. They're terrible. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? Yes. <laughs> but I, I, the Flyers are terrible, Jack. Give me some news on the Canes, please. I see they're always winning. Caniacs. First in the Metropolitan Division. That's right. I saw 53 games. Have 78 points. Boasting, as always, a dominant defensive core. Freddie Anderson and goal, along with uh, Antti Ranta and uh, Peter Kachekov, make up their kind of three-headed monster that they've been using throughout the season due to Anderson being injured a little bit. Uh, But, yeah, the Canes are always good, man. How about Sevi? Yeah. Yeah, Sevi, man. I love Svechnikov. Svechnikov? Yeah. I like Ajo. Yeah. Who else do they got up there still? I, I love watching them in the playoffs. They I just don't Max have the. Uh, I don't have the TV deal again. to watch them. That poor man, dude. Yeah, that's Max Pacioretty tore his Achilles, came back, and then tore it again. That's not good. Ouch. Uh, who else they got up there? Oh, uh, Marty Natchez, okay. really good. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting a major player on their team. Offense or defense? Offense. Hmm. I know, um, well, Seth Jarvis they have. He's a pretty young guy. Jarvis is good. good. Yeah, he's young. Jordan Stahl. Stahl, yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Captain. Yeah. 
So, yeah, of course. He's still, he's still hanging around there. The, uh, yeah, I miss, uh, you know, seeing D'Angelo on a winning team, but whatever. <laughs> Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Uh, but you have um, next following the Canes, two of the Tri-Series teams make it up two and three in the Metro. They got the Devils, wow, the Young Guns, in New Jersey, starting to uh, put get it their together. thing together. Yeah, man, this team is going to be around, I think, for a while. This young core, Jack Hughes. You have Jesper Bratt, Igor Sharangovich. Um, oh my goodness, who else? Why am I blanking? Oh, my brain is just not working right now. Nico Heischer, thank you. That's who I was searching for. Totally knew that. Nico! Now, me and my cousin. Caught by Nico! Superhuman! <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Hey, Vitek Vanacek is uh, playing pretty well in goals here, the former capital. Mm. So, um, how are the Caps that's doing? That's the thing. Uh, second wild card right now. Ooh. Uh-oh. Mr. A.O. Yeah, Ovi. Ovi. Alexander Ovechkin. So, Ovechkin yeah. always sounded like a like a um, like a healthy dish to me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like uh, kids are always told to eat your veggies. You know, eat your Ovechkins. You know, I, I, maybe I'm weird. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I don't, I don't think that's where I thought about that's, that. You know, that's just not the alley I was thinking. It sounds like like a a vegetarian burger. You know, it's, it sounds like a Russian. All right, can I get one uh, large Ovechkin? I don't know. It sounds like a discount chicken. A discount chicken. Yeah, it's like you know maybe uh, like Ovechkin, like a chicken. vegan chicken. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Oh, I don't know where this conversation's Ovechkin. gone. Uh, we're gonna keep taking a look around the East. I mean, the Bruins continue to dominate, forty-eight and five. I can't stand the Boston Bruins. Oh, 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 oh right, and they have the best goal. Oh, like they have oh. the only goal song that matters. Yeah, okay. No, 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 not to me. I love the Sharks' goal song, which is. Um. Oh no, no, not the goal song, but the oh yeah, the goal song and the goal horn. Because in the playoffs a couple years ago, I don't know if you remember, uh, but when they erased that three zero deficit in Game Seven against the Sharks in the third uh, against the Golden Knights in the third period, mm. uh, they went on a five minute power play. Couture scored twice. Uh, Didn't Tomas the Flyers do this against the Bruins too back in twenty ten? I, I believe so. Yeah, but uh, yeah. they were down three zero in the series, and then in Game Seven they were down three zero, and they came back to win. Simon Gagne scores. I'm sorry. Scores. Simon Gagne. Flyers take the lead. Oh man, those teams. Danny Briere. Danny Briere. Scar Briere. Yes, Mike Emmerich. I yep. love him. Yeah, man, he is uh, such a good announcer. But um, picked up here though by Giroux. Tampa. Scar. Tampa. Toronto continue to be good as always. Kind of the East is, if you follow, I mean, the East has kind of been the same. It's the same. As it's been the past couple years, really. Yeah. I mean, outside of Florida being out of the playoff picture right now. Ooh, that's shocking. I know. I mean, Replaced by New Jersey. Yeah, they got Kachuk. Well, it's three teams making from each division than the two wild cards. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, they kind of got replaced by more so Boston being incredible at the top. Boston's always incredible, I thought. They are, but it's usually been, you know, Toronto was, I think... No, they finished second last year. Yeah, no, Florida won the division last year. That's mm. right. So interesting. You know, um, speaking of goal horns with uh, goal songs with um, Boston, the one I missed like the most, and that I I wish the campaign to bring it back would get more traction here in Philly. But um, the uh, Maria, I like it loud. You know, that was the best song. That was the best song. 
And we all know it. Can we all agree? Um, like, that's even better than, oh, I guess. Because oh. that's overused, you know? You do that at Penn State. You do that in Boston. You can do that wherever. But don't. They call it dupe. Dupe. Doop, 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 notebook. Yeah, I will let Mitch do whatever he just did in our notebook message. Attention, KU community. Spend your afternoon with health promotion champions every Tuesday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in the Health and Wellness Center, room 119. These programs are designed by peers for everyone to enjoy. This month, programs will include Let's Nintendo Switch It Up, on February 21st, and Musical Trivia on February 28th. You do not want to miss these fun events. This message of community is brought to you by the radio voice of Cushing University, KUR. Rapid about number one, we were talking a little bit NHL here. Uh, Mitch, we're back. Um, yeah, we were talking about some of the playoff teams, how they kind of stand right now. Uh, Sid and the Penguins uh, still continue to be in the playoff picture. Uh, he actually Crosby got his first sucks. game misconduct of his career the other night against the Kings. Sidney so. Crosby got a game misconduct? Yeah, it was in an uh, altercation with Mikey Anderson. Sidney Crosby caught. got a game... What? Wow. wow. How much did someone have to pay the refs for that one? <laughs> That's a lot of money. Money? Wow. Hello, I like money. What inspired you to give Sidney Crosby the first game misconduct of his career? Money? money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That is... Okay. I guess we're just playing Go Horns on air. We know this is the best one. Oh, it's <laughs> it's horning again. All right. Well, horning. we're 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 gonna we're gonna silence that. Yeah, now. we're gonna pump the brakes on that. I'm just saying it's the best one. I mean, that that could be debated, but all right. Um, fine, fine. Don't agree with me ever. Yeah, no. Nothing I do is ever good enough. <laughs> okay. You're going to turn the tables like that? I just want to be good enough. You're going to pull out that card? Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh, I can't say what I was about to say. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Good thing you caught yourself. (laughs) Do you think you know what I was... I'm not sure, but I know it was something that probably wasn't FCC-friendly, so we're going to just take a detour. Technically, I think it is. Well, let's refrain from saying... (laughs) Technically, I think it is. (laughs) Well, technically, you see here. You see? You see? Well, we're going to break in a little bit, so you can tell me that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to take our snapshot of the Eastern Conference, and we're going to move on to the Western Conference. Dallas leading the Central Division, 71 points. Uh, their young core made up of uh, Jason Robertson. You got Miro Heiskanen still there. Uh, you got Jake Ottinger in net for the Dun-Dun Dallas Dun-Dun Stars. Sounds like an Australian name. Ottinger. Yeah, I don't really know where he is. Ottinger passing the football. I think he's American. Mm, that's crazy. So. Who would, who would, that's not really an American name. Who am I to say what's American? So. America is a mixing pot. Isn't it melting pot? Melting pot. <laughs> <laughs> America is a mixing pot. I believe you were referring to melting pot, Mr. Sunday. <laughs> we're always good for one of those a show. Just one of those references that's just not right, and then it just gets corrected, and it's really funny. So. Hey, if Phil Burke can say candlelight village, I can say mixing pot. <laughs> candlelight village. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too funny. That is funny, and he, it's in that uh, if Bill Burr was an M- uh, NFL commentator, and it's just so. he's trying to think of that word. <laughs> it's like what? Do they, what do they want? A candlelight village? That, that's not the word. Um, <laughs> oh, could you imagine? <laughs> oh man! Oh my goodness! Vigil. All right, 
Uh, the Jets are good as well. I mean, you got to look at them. The Connor Hellebuck uh, and Net mocking it down. Uh, they got Josh Morrissey on defense. Pierre-Luc Dubois having a really good year, along with Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor. Uh, their star-studded forward group that's probably, I would say, pretty top-heavy, but uh, they're, they're still led by them well in the playoff picture. Colorado's rebounded after their shaky start. A lot of injuries, but they're starting to get things back on track here. They sit third in the Central currently with a couple games in hand, but I don't think they're going to catch anybody, so they'll probably finish at that third spot. Uh, unless the unless the wild never say never back up yeah the wild are right there with them so uh, that's wild anything out I want to talk about the Seattle Kraken I mean just a few weeks ago the Kraken were first in the Pacific uh, with how cluttered these teams are they went from first to third uh, by going on I believe a four game losing streak on their East Coast trip lost to the Islanders lost to the Rangers Dev lost to the Devils and I believe beat the Flyers that is not four and zero my friend uh, was there one more game Did or they play Washington. I mean. I thought they might have played Washington. I don't know. I thought it was maybe four and five, or they no, they lost three or four. That's it. I wrongly mentioned it. So okay. Uh, but they they are in a little bit of a downturn. But again, I mean, Golden Knights lead the way with sixty eight, followed by L A with sixty seven, Seattle with sixty six, and they're all within a game play of each other. Close. So it's all tightly packed there. And then Edmonton not too far behind with sixty five. So I mean, there's a chance that all four of these teams will be in the Pacific Division title race until the season's end. Yeah. So that's going to be a fun division to watch and see how that finishes up. I mean, there's still, you know, just under 30 games to be played for most teams uh, with 82 games being played in the season. Most of the teams at 52 or more. I mean, the Avalanche have the, I think, the lowest amount of games played along with Buffalo and Detroit at uh, 52. And Nashville's actually got 51, so they are, they are the lowest. But most teams around that 53 to 55 marker. So, uh, and then there's outliers, obviously, with over two. But, yeah, it's a fun time. We're near the trade deadline. We've seen some guys get traded already. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko going to the Big Apple, going to the Rangers to join Panarin, Zibanejad, and that uh, forward group. Uh, you have Timo Meyer's name, who's hot on the market. You got the Devils. You have the the Hurricanes, uh, among a couple other teams that are interested. I believe the Golden Knights get their name in that ring too. Uh, so he's going to be hot coming out in the forward group on the trade deadline. Another Shark, Eric Carlson, uh, could be dealt. He's having a stellar season as the 32 year old, uh, kind of a resurgent offensive season wise. For the San Jose Sharks, you got Vladislav Gavrikov for the Jackets. He uh, was held out, I believe, last night's game due to trade-related reasons, so I think he's going to be dealt soon. Uh, who else? Jacob Chitrin, who's uh, been linked heavily to the Kings from the Coyotes. He's going to get dealt soon. So a lot of big names in the trade deadline market for the NHL. A lot of guys are going to get moved. Uh, it should be a fun deadline. Who will get involved? The Islanders already got involved. They got Bo Horvat uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if they're done yet. So there's going to be a lot of teams going to be involved. What do they do? Who do they get? Uh, It's going to be fun to monitor uh, over the coming weeks as the impending deadline will be here early March, I believe. I don't know exactly what deadline day is this year, but I think it's in the first week of March. So uh, that is coming up. A lot of fun NHL stuff to talk about. We'll keep talking about that as, uh, you know, the season continues to progress and get to winding down before playoffs are coming around. Mitch, anything you want to say about the NHL to wrap up hour number one here as we are just less than two minutes away from our hourly break? No, I mean, it's, you know, the most interesting division, obviously, is going to be that, uh, the Pacific Division. Is, is that what it's called? Yes, always, Pacific. Yeah, Pacific. Yep. I always, it's uh, Metropolitan Atlantic Trying Central to reorient Pacific. myself with the, uh, the naming schemes going from uh, league to league, you know what I mean? And I guarantee you a million times throughout April, I'm going to say the Phillies lead the uh, NFC East. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they have to lead it first. They, they will. Don't worry about it. So uh, Trey Turner is going to be beautiful. But um, We shall see, my friend. Yeah, so I, I really, to be honest, have not watched a lot of NHL. I've watched uh, some. I've kept up with some scores. Obviously, Hurricanes and Flyers are my two teams 
Um, but yeah, it, it you know now is the time when I really start to kind of lock in and see what's going on and stuff. So it definitely seems like an exciting uh, playoff picture. As always, hockey is just, uh, if not the best, it's really up there in playoff atmospheres. Um, with uh, you know with major American sports, I, I think basketball lacks. Uh, and I think football, to be honest, kind of lacks as well. A little bit, Mitch. we got to cut you off. Hourly yeah, break. So. We'll, we'll have you wrap that up when we come back. Round number two here on Heavy Hitters Radio Voice, Cassini University, KUR Cuts Town. Welcome in to our number two of Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley on the mic. Jack Heim over on the board. He'll have his mic on here shortly. How we doing, Jack? Hour number two. We are doing good, my friend. Good we talked about uh, the remnants of what was Super Bowl Fifty Seven, yeah. and a little bit of the NHL. And hour number one, we got to move on, though. Yeah, we'll figure uh, it out a little bit. I think we might talk a little bit more NHL. A little more, but uh, apparently it's my birthday, Jack. But it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. But, but it's not at all. I got a text. Not at all, boy. Not at all. <laughs> not at all, boy. Um, I got a text though from someone saying "Happy birthday, Mitch." No. So I said thank you. Happy birthday. I'm never going to... Not actually. Never going to reject a uh, a good compliment. You know what I mean? So, Is it a compliment? I, I think... I mean, it means someone cares enough to text you. Right? So who am I to damper that experience? Uh, I guess. I guess. Live yeah. and let live, Jack. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll figure that out. I'll have an update for you as time goes on. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's apparently my birthday. So, Whatever. Um, whatever. How are you doing on this uh, on this Wednesday? I'm a little tired. I'll tell you what. We're always tired on this new time slot. But, but we hang in there. We do so, hang in there. Um, so back to the point see. I was making at the end of the hour. Yes, exactly. Um, how would you rank the playoff atmospheres in the top four sports in America? Football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Hmm. Hmm. Tough question, right? Excuse me. Bless you. Uh, hockey one, baseball two, football three, basketball four. You're going to put hockey at number one. Yes. I like that. I love that a lot. So the reason this is a tough decision for me. I, I had a tough time between one and two, but mm-hmm. three and four are pretty clear for me. So one, I might get a lot of flack for that, but to me, I've watched all four in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And really the last time... I felt that NBA playoff atmosphere is like we're just notable. Uh, like when I think of playoff atmosphere, I think of like crowd noise yes. and crowd impact on the game. And look, does football get a good? Uh, look, they they fill the seats, right? Yes. So does every sport. But at the end of the day, for me, like when you think about crowd noise and you think about like this is just a riveting like environment, like this is rocking, like. Being an Islander fan, when we made the conference finals in both years, I mean, we couldn't have the fans there for one year because it was a bubble. But the second year we had fans there, whoo, holy jumping. That, that, the, the Nassau Coliseum was rocking. I mean, that place was loud. My cousins were there. Like, they were telling me, dude, the roof of that place felt like it was just going to blow off of how loud it was. Like, the, like the, the arena itself was literally shaking. Mm-hmm. So... Those environments are hard to replicate in other sports because most football stadiums are outdoors. Uh, I mean, you could still get it loud, but... Yeah, the link is loud. Yeah, like, the link is loud. Uh, another example, uh, when Batista hit that three-run shot for the Blue Batista Jays. Batista with a drive! Deep, Deep left field. field! No doubt about it! 
Mm. And then you hear the horn, Kenny Albert. Like, that was electric. I love Kenny Albert. five of the LDS against the Rangers. And, and, you know, people from Toronto, there were stories of people, you know, saying they could hear that arena from, you know, you know, half mile down the street. I mean, that place was rocking. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I find the most examples of just absolutely electric crowd environments and the professional level, I should say, uh, being in the playoffs, being in hockey and in baseball, the top two, because, you know, just look at what, you know, I don't like it because they went on a deep run in their, you know, my rival, but look what the Phillies run did look to that, that ballpark. I mean, I was there in July mm-hmm. uh, in a rivalry game against the Braves and they no weren't doing too bad at that time, but that, there, there were empty seats. You look around the stadium. You see, Over half the stadium was empty. Like, like this is a pretty empty stadium for a team that's. I mean, were, were they great at the time? No, but they were competing at least. They were in the playoff hunt, mm-hmm. and, and it was just like comparatively when I was there to the playoff run. I mean that that the atmosphere and the environment of that stadium was a complete one eighty flip to me. So, uh, yeah, it goes back to uh, like a couple points just based off that. Um, during the tank years, during when the Phillies were just dreadful, 2016, 2017, 2018, right? Yeah. Bad. I, I would just get so depressed seeing barely anyone at the baseball games because I loved going to Citizens Bank Park, even when we were terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible feeling to see your ballpark empty. Man. I loved going there. It just means and, you're uncompetitive. Yeah. And then remember uh, that Friday night baseball game, Apple TV Plus, Phillies-Mets. And, you know, the Phillies won. Yeah, but I told Jack. But I'm City like, Field was it electric. Was electric, and I I called Jack, and I was like, Jack, like I was almost like, I was almost depressed after the win because I was like, Jack, I want that for my baseball team. Yeah, like why can't I have that? Like you know the I mean? passion that sports fans bring when your team is really good, when you're not accustomed to seeing that level of success, mm-hmm. like. For Mets fans last year, I know the playoffs was disappointing, and obviously you could say, "Oh, huh, you lost the wild card," and we did, and it, it was it was bad, and I was very very disappointed, and that ending really hurt. But mm-hmm. like the way the fans were able to pack that stadium, and just it was just a feeling that I haven't really felt in my life, really. Like even 2015, we weren't that good. Like in the regular season, we went on the run we did in the playoffs. Maybe we were a 90 win team compared to comparatively to one on one. Uh, it was the second most wins in a regular season in, in franchise history, behind only the '86 team. It was just seeing that stadium night and night and packed pretty much. How loud it was! I mean, man, I, I would argue that Mets fans are some of the most passionate fans in, in the game. Oh my, they are. You think they, Phillies they fans really are more are. passionate? I would automatically say yes to this question. No. By the way, no, yes, because even when we were bad, Mets fans would still show up. Really. Not like packing New stadium, York, dude. You have but, like ten times as many people there. Of course, did you have ten times as many people in the stands? But there's not ten times as many Mets fans. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, five more times people, more. But you know, many, you know, like if you walk around New York, for example, mm-hmm. we'll be doing it later this month. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot. I wouldn't say I don't know. It's tough to phrase it because there are a lot of Mets fans too. But. Like, there's just a lot more casual Yankee fans than there are casual Mets fans. It's a bigger brand. Yeah. So. Still, it's I still would argue that uh, pound for pound, Phillies fans are way more passionate. No. Way no. more passionate. No, 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 no. Way. Let's, let's stop this. Way. Let's stop this. Way more passionate. That That's so not true because during the tank years, I Philly fans were just gone. Like, even like, even 2021. 
not last year, 2021. I mean, Philly fans were nowhere, dude. Like, Phillies fans, like, Philly fans in general, like, they're out, like, the weather stuff. But it's just when your team is even remotely average, ghost. I don't. I only see stuff when you guys are really good. Like, there's true passion in Phillies fans. You're one of them. But it, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I cannot make that argument. I can't. Because I live in the market. I know you live in the market. I know. And it's just, if I think of the Philly fan base, like the, like the Phillies, I got to emphasize that because I feel like I keep saying Philly, not Phillies. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like Eagles fans are way more passionate than Phillies Oh, fans. Eagles fans are insane. They, like, it, they're a different tier if you're compared to looking at, like, Phillies But those are the same people, to, right? No, not They just fully. haven't had a chance to get as loud. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a year you're when You're telling the, me Eagles fans what's a year the are Eagles awfully were into baseball? Um, I would argue the Eagles fans have a—I would argue there's more Eagles fans probably nationally than Philly fans. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I, I think the ones here in Philly are equally as passionate. I mean, so, I, look, I think this is—everyone says this is a football Is there town. a group that—is there like a, a group? Of course there is that that is dire for the Phillies and, and the Eagles. Yes, that, that, that just truly exists, but— I, I'm not going to say a vast majority of all Eagles fans are also Phillies fans. Uh, oh, I definitely think a vast majority are. Look, I mean, I think I think yeah, if I had to give a percentage, like probably like sixty-five percent, not at least seventy or eighty. Really? Yes. I don't know, man. Yes. I don't know. I football in general has just been marketed better. It's just a more popular. Sport. I think we can both. Yeah, you know what we can both agree on though. What? Both better than Braves fans. Oh, Braves are gross. Gross, fair weather, SunTrust, parky, just oh yeah, dude, boring. Oh yeah, that that stadium's boring. You ever hear it? It's Truist just, Park, like it, it's it's a. It's, I've heard SunTrust it's a nice park. Again? Yeah, I, I don't it, know it has changed a lot. It went from uh, you know, oh my goodness, why am I blanking on it? Oh my goodness, I should Turner Field. Thank you. Mm. Brain. It's going to be Turner Field this year. Turner Field to SunTrust to now Truist. So. Yeah. Um, but but look, my buddy, my buddy's a big Braves fan. Went there. He said it was really nice. So if they're not doing the chop because they're up by like, you know, a bunch, right? When when they're up, they just don't stop doing the chop, and it's annoying. By the way, yeah, exactly. But when they're not doing the chop, like it's the most that's boring, it. That's all they got. Flat crowd. That's all they got. Ever dude. here? It's so boring. The chop's all they got. Yeah, there's nothing else. Like the similarities of our two fan bases is that you know. We're loud. We also chirp you. Yeah, yeah, both of us. Yeah, like that—that's the thing that New York and Philly both bring to the table. Like Marcelo Zuna when he was batting. Yeah, DUI. Yeah, DUI. Yeah, that was a fun time. So, um, I, I saw a compilation of that stuff. There were other, uh, other. Nothing beats the Patrick Kane one for me for Flyers fans. You know oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. And then he scored. Did he to to beat you in the cup? Oh, yeah. He scored the game winner. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know when they chanted that at him. Oh, my goodness. I do. Was... I did know he beat us in the cup. I do remember that. Yeah. Puts a top cheese, man. Top cheese. They had to review it. Yeah. Yeah. He knew it went in right away. Oh, he yeah. knew. Yeah. He knew it was he over. Was certain. So, but. Um, All right. We do have a message up from yeah. K or Notebook real quick. Attention to K community. Join the AIM Association for Asset Classes and Valuations to be held on Thursday, March 2nd at 11 a.m. via Microsoft Teams. Students of all majors will learn about the different asset classes and valuation principles used by investors like Warren Buffett. 
Students will be able to apply this knowledge in our virtual stock track competition and when making their own investments. Please be sure to RSVP via Engage. You do not want to miss this important and informational event. This message of community Oh my goodness, that was terrible. Let's try that again. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Coastal University, KUR. We are back on heavy hitters after what was that monstrosity of an ending to my notebook message. Um, we were talking about ranking playoff atmospheres comparatively yeah. to our two fan bases. And we were always good for a debate here in the early parts of hour number two. We yes. just are. I feel like it's become like a, a staple of the show at this point. But my thing is, Jack, uh, so you did your ranking. You had hockey, baseball. Yeah, let's get your rankings. Hockey, right? baseball, football, basketball. Before we went off into our tangent. Now, I think, um, so I, I am analyzing, I think purely from a in-the-stadium point of view, in the stadium, I think those rankings are probably correct. But I think the atmosphere is even more than that. Uh, I think there's an argument to be made um, that it's it's when you're out and about. It's when you're you know just at here like on campus and stuff. What are people talking about? What's the excitement level when a team is in the playoffs, right? And uh, I mean, for the Phillies, it was just out of this world this this year. And I think that was just because of the the drought being ended. So I'm gonna try and say all else being equal. The problem is all else isn't equal because the NFL is such a bigger market. Jack, could yeah. you imagine? Could you imagine how heavenly it would be if baseball was as popular as football? Well, if I mean, it was discussed league, as intensely. If, if the league wasn't run by a clown, it could be the case. I know, but, but could you just imagine? Yeah, man, the that'd excitement. Be great. Like that would be like that's why I feel like I'm born in the wrong generation. Sometimes, you know what I mean? I miss when baseball was the American pastime. Dude, if I was alive for the '86 Mets World Series, huh. oh my huh. goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That like that's crazy. like my dad holds on to that and it's just like, you know, he saw that when he was a teenager, man. Yeah. It's been so long. It's just been a long time coming, man. I just need to see them win, please. Yeah. That would that would honestly do a lot to fulfill me as a person. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like really, that would be like wow. so crucial for me. Wow. I, that's how know, much I love baseball. I honestly feel similar about a Phillies World Series. And like, I know there was one in my lifetime, but I was five. I don't remember anything about it. I just love baseball that much. Me too, man. I'm, I'm really, you know, the last couple years, I've like, like ever you, since 2019. And like, I you was, want to talk about energy. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. You're good. And you'll, you know, I'll let you go back in just a minute. But, like, yep. man, like, I've watched docuseries on that. Like, Once Upon a Time in Queens, that was an ESPN film. That was really good. I, mm. I've read a book. I read the book about the 86 team, man. Just, like, seeing the energy around that team, the cast of characters, how some of them were not just great people overall, um, but, like, how they were able to come together and just put winning over everything else and it was just i don't know i don't know if you'll ever see a team like you you could not see a team like that in today's day and age just because of the stuff they did yeah that i can't really talk about on air yeah i got you because and you got a chance with an owner just willing to go spend big bucks like exactly this. like that's why i'm so stoked and like that's why people who aren't mets fans just don't understand the energy shift in the organization from what was the horribly run team from the Wilpons to now Steve Cohen owning the team. I understand. And you can, well, you, a, a little bit in doses because what Middleton's still in the Phillies for a while, right? Yeah. But it's just a different GM. Like you went from the Amaros of the world. So huh. you have Dave Dombrowski, who's been a stud stud with many different organizations, built up the Tigers, built up the Red Sox now doing it with the Phillies. I mean, he's a guy who's done it with a variety of different organizations, uh, for for decades and decades now, so like that's where you can get the similarity taste from. But in terms of just pure and like competent ownership, 
the Mets have taken leaps and bounds steps forward to where they were. And that's just honestly, it's just so refreshing yeah. to know that we're going to be able to have a shot at competing year in and year out. Like yeah. That's something I could never count on before. Like This is the first time in my life that I could say that. Yeah, I, and it's similar um, in the sense that last year when we signed Castellanos, right? Because we had Schwarber and we're like, all right, like we're still kind of not feeling great. Like We need more. And then we signed Castellanos. It's like, oh, my God. The team just went out and got two guys. <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't know if that's the guy I would pinpoint and say. Oh my no, god! No, but at the time in at, at the time in the Philly fan base, that was the 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 mindset because it was just we thought Castellanos was going to be the guy he was the year prior, and to, it wasn't. I know, but to line him up with Harper, and we didn't even know what Schwarber could be. Uh, and Real Muto, and just you go down the nah, list. I did. I was way more scared of Schwarber in that ballpark comparatively to Castellanos. I really? was. Interesting. Because being a left-handed hitter at CBP is much more favorable than being a righty. Yeah, that's true. But um, And with the power it that was Schwarber the, possesses. It was the first time in this franchise that we were like, we actually have someone that's going to go get the pieces we need uh, to, to, to win. And, I mean, look how close. Look how close it came. Uh, catching lightning in a bottle with that roster. And the reason we're so excited now is because we have a team that's finally not just going to rest and be like, well, that formula works, so we'll just run it back. They went on and got better. Like, they got better. Uh, I understand you're going to say Harper for the first better, half, though. but I, Trey Turner is a lot better. They I mean, yes, obviously, upgraded certain positions. Upgrade your bullpen a lot. I am still very questionable on that rotation. And honestly, I'm not sure the bullpen problem's fully solved either, but it's, it's gotten better. The closest it's been to solved in over a decade. Yeah, you got what two guys you can rely upon now? Uh, Sir Anthony and Alvarado. Soto. I'm not Soto. counting Alvarado. I'm not. I, I I'm not counting half of his season as as a I for sure. I'm not guy counting him can, either. That I'm, you can rely upon consistently. He's at least got something in the tank. He's got um, something, but you know what? If he reverts back to Alvarado of old, there's we'll, no guarantee we'll he's it out. for sure. Fixed. I also have confidence in a coaching staff that has been able to get the most out of these players. We'll see, you know, yeah, that has been able to start developing Bryson Stott. That has been able to, yeah, he sent uh, Alvarado down, came up a different man, right? They, there's coaching elements to this. Also, by the way, the, the complaint with Alec Bohm is that with that big frame that he should be hitting for more power. Apparently, word on the street is that he's gained 15 pounds of muscle over the offseason. I did see that tweet Watch from Jack Fritz. out. <laughs> yeah. You okay. saw Jack Fritz? Yes, I did see that. The one thing I'm concerned about, though, is we've seen guys in the past be more, you know, mindset focused on pulling for power. That leads to more strikeouts, uh, and that that's, doesn't and that could take away from part of the strengths of Bones' game. I think one of the biggest one strengths of, the big of Bones' is his game contact. He can hit to all fields, though. Yeah, like he's a, he's a doubles guy. Exactly. And for Should a while, he hit for he a little bit in, more power? Uh, sure, but taking away a doubles hitter consistently, I think it's a valuable asset in the lineup that doesn't get talked about. I mean, of course, it's great dead home runs because that's one swing you can drive and guys in, but the but the strategy of baseball is having guys who could just consistently hit for extra bases. I'm aware. And I, I think one of the, you know, he he led the league in, like, sack flies for a while last year. Like, he, he was a contact guy, which which was great to see. He's got good bat-to-ball skills. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll see if he can, uh, and Jack, if he can hold that while adding the power. That's dangerous. That's incredibly dangerous. that That's the young big guy that you're talking about that, that hasn't come that's up here since. That's the outcome you were expecting. Right, that, that hasn't happened here since the homegrowns of, of Utley, Rollins, Howard, right? Like, that hasn't happened since that time. Uh, and we're talking over a decade at this point. Um, Steroids. <laughs> anyways, uh, and, and, you know, 
We'll see what Bryson Stott can be. I thought P-E-Ds. last year. I thought last year Bryson Stott's uh, you know rookie season. I thought it was a resounding success. Um, like, you know, can he make a, a, another leap in year two? And if if those two young guys, Jack, can can make leaps, and I'm, uh, there's going to be a lot of ifs with this Phillies team. There's a lot of ifs with any team. Then you even factor in a guy like Brandon Marsh, right? Oh God, you're stop, nine hitter, nine I need hitter. You to stop with Brandon Marsh, nine like, hitter. I, 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 you nine can talk hitter. about Boom. You can talk about Stott. Brandon Marsh is where I draw the line. He's gonna Please be stop. bad. I understand Please he's bad. Please stop. Listen, he's bad. I need, I, I can't he's hear. Bad. I cannot hear about Brandon Marsh anymore. I he's just can't. bad. I'm gonna lose my marbles <laughs> if I have to keep hearing that Brandon Marsh could be a potential breakout. No, I'm not saying year. he's. I'm saying he's bad. Hey, he is bad. He's you're bad. right. He is bad. But he could be a little bit better. Right? Yeah, he could be a little less awful. A little less awful. I guess I can handle I'll that. I'll compromise that. Yes. You know, it's like this team could just rake. They could. They could. Most of them. Most not, of them. Brandon not, Marsh. My, not Brandon Marsh. Not Brandon Outside Marsh. of Brandon Marsh, though, there's a chance that one through eight, eh, maybe save Derek Hall as well. <laughs> there's a chance that <laughs> one D- through seven. The DH spot's not going to be great to start it's the not season. not fun. Can we just bring somebody in, please? Like, I'm so tired of this. Um, I, I think it's honestly probably almost better at this point, Jack, to put Edmundo Sosa in at third and have Bohm be the, your DH. <laughs> Edmundo Sosa. He can hit better than Derek Hall. <laughs> oh, I love Derek Hall. It just strikes out all the time. I love it. Edmundo Sosa almost had a three-run home run in the World Series. I think it was game six. I think it was like the second inning of game six. Ah, uh, yes. I Remember do that? So. Yes. Just off of the Crawford boxes. Yes, he hit that double. No, right? it was caught. Oh, it was caught. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. With You're two right. outs, runners on the corners, crushed a ball, and it hung up there long enough to be caught. All right, we're, we're going to go to our first break of hour two. When we come back, we'll further talk about baseball as and the Brandon season is Marsh. coming up and how Mitch always loves to push my buttons <laughs> with snively Brandon Marsh. All that and more coming right next here on Aviators on the Radio Voice. Of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Welcome back into Heavy Hitters, talking about all things MLB, I guess we've kind of slipped into. Um, when don't we? I don't know. It's just our hey, go-to. Look, look it's, today's the day. Pitchers and catchers reporting. It's the day for it. it. It's just the day, man. The season is getting here. we got spring training in 10 days starting, man. It's really exciting. It is. Like, it feels like a holiday of sorts. Not a not a major holiday, but it, but a mini holiday. I, I would uh I would agree with that. You know, football season has come and gone. I'm recovering from the heartbreak and I'm ready for another with the Phillies. <laughs> like it's a good time for me. Like last night I was in the you know the March Madness theme music, man. It's, that's getting here too. We'll yeah. talk about that later on in hour two. We but. will. But um I wanted to just finish up my point. You know, save Derek Hall and Brandon Marsh. You know, whatever they give you is great. You don't expect really anything from them. But uh this Phillies lineup, I mean one through seven, you're gonna have Schwarber who just hits dingers. Uh, oh, <laughs> by the way, my girlfriend who knows nothing, I presumed nothing about baseball. I forget who was quizzing her on it. or what. It was me and someone else. And I go, you know, do you know this about football? And she's, you know, trying to answer as best she can. And I go, what about baseball? And she, <laughs> Jack, I swear to God, the quote with it, that she had was, uh, oh, baseball's just about hitting dingers. <laughs> and it was an accent I've never heard ever. But it's true. And I'm, it got me... Very. This was like last night, or, or maybe it was a few nights ago. I think it was no, it was a few nights ago on Saturday. And uh, Jack, it was it got me very excited for the season because like, yes, it is, dude. I'm just very excited to see some dingers. You know what I mean? You excited for a home dingers. run? That first that first home run 
of the season is always it's a beautiful thing. When right? I see Sandy Alcantara throw that first pitch of the game to Brandon Nimmo on mm. Thursday, March thirtieth at four ten p.m., I'm gonna get excited. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Whether it's for... a strikeout, whether it's a, a a walk that leads Nimmo to sprint down to first base. That's when you. I will not there. be excited if that is. The I, case. I, that's exactly why I brought it up. We I, I know, are really. I know it pushes, not supposed to. See, be that. see, you. That's my the Brandon Marsh. Of exactly. The, of the I was just that, exactly. We were on the same page. We knew exactly <laughs> where we were going with that. But anyway, stop running. Why are you running? <laughs> <laughs> why are you? running? I just want to. You know, I'm going to meme that now. I'm going to grab a clip of Nimmo taking a walk, right, or a jog, right, and he's just sprinting down, a, and then I'm just going to cut to the. Why are you running? <laughs> I love that. It gets in the pitcher's head. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. It makes it everyone think he's it's just so an funny. idiot. You know what? He has the love of the game, man. Is there something wrong with this man? No, there's not something wrong with this man. You know what? This man loves New York, loves being in blue and orange. I'm happy. <laughs> and for that, I love him. <laughs> oh, oh good. Stop that. I, I'm, not, I'm not. Stop that right now, mister. Brandon Nimmo. Gross, but that's um, a pretty good one through seven too. I was, yeah, I was, it. yeah. We'll get to it first. I want to finish my point here, but I mean, Schwarber just crushes him. Uh, Hoskins, I think, is is eh. very good, and I'm eh. happy that he's coming back. Eh. Um, you got uh, decent Trey Turner, awesome stud, contact, some power there too. Um, J J T, real mute, best hitting catcher in the game. Uh, very good, had over 20 home runs last year. Uh, and just, I mean, we got some speed weapons on this team now, too. Like, you, uh, this is something Brandon Marsh is good at, Jack, is speed. That's an element he brings. Uh, now you have Trey Turner. You have JT Romuto. Like, One of the few elements. There's speed on this team now that I, I'm really excited for. You know, is that valid? Am I allowed to be excited for that? You can't. And I don't know. You know, we talked about the larger bases a little bit. But, yeah. you know, how is that going to be a factor? Exactly. You know, do we see these teams run a little bit more? Because, you know, the, you know, the Mets can see a little bit of bases too. Marte Lindor, you have Turner and, and Real Muto. Are, you're going to be your primary base dealers. Marsh can swipe some bags, When too. Harper comes back, too. So, yeah, Harper's going to get off run. I'm not sure how much of that he's going to do right off the get-go. Well, his injury was in his arm. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, you don't want to. What just if go you down dive right in a little funny? You exactly. never know. You yeah. never know what what can happen. I don't think they're going to try to over push the limits because they want mm-hmm. their best player on the field for and then, as um, much as they can. Yeah, and then we talked about the uh, the Stott and Bohm elements of uh, I, how how good how do you think each of them takes a step forward? Who are you more Who are you more scared of as a as an opponent? Boehm. You're you're more scared of Bohm. Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. I think that's the right answer. Stott's got to prove a little bit more to me first. And I, he has the talent. I just got to see him do it, put it all together. Yeah. Put it all together. All together. Yeah, all together. Um, well, but yeah, Alec Bohm, if, if between those two, scares me a little bit more. I think he's a guy who can have a prime breakout season. I can think he'd be one of the best fills this year. Really? I, I do. Really? He just has the tools of a great hitter. You know what I'm saying? You like think like I, the bat-to-ball skills are there. We already talked about that. He's adding on the muscle. If he can just add on that little bit more of a power element, like if he can be a thirty homer a year guy, ooh, look, ooh, look out! Ooh. Look out! Then you, then you, you know, theoretically, and I'm not saying I would want this, could get rid of Hoskins. You know what I mean? I think. And Hoskins getting up there. I mean, what? He's going to be thirty? Is he? I might. I think he might already be thirty. I'd like him to stay. Do we want to give him a longer term contract? No, I, I want to give him like a four year, five year deal. Yeah, which is pretty standard right now. I think. Uh, I want to give him a Schwarber type deal. You know what I mean? Seventy-five mil, you know four years. Mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, um, so and then we so we've talked about those two and um and Castellanos. Obviously, I look. I think he's poised for a year somewhere between his last two. You know what I mean? Garbage. I think last year was his floor. 
I think uh, 2021 was his ceiling. What was it? 34 home runs compared to 13 home runs. I, I think if he gives you 22 home runs, you're like, wow, this is this is good. Uh, this is nice. I could get used to this. Even 25 home runs. Uh, you're looking at you're looking at a lot of power in these top seven for the Phillies. And, and you know, I want to take a look at the Mets side of things. Yeah, now please do. We're done with that. You know, power wise, I don't know if it matches up, but overall, like production wise, I think these are going to be two of the top offenses in the game. The Mets were top five offenses last year. You have Nimmo, Marte, and top of the order, top two. They can know how to get on base. Uh, you got Lindor, who's just an all around solid hitter. Uh, you have Alonzo, who can. Hit the crap out of the baseball. You can. Uh, you have McNeil, very great contact guy, reigning NL batting title uh, ch- uh, winner. You have Daniel Vogelback at the DH against Who right-handed sucks. pitchers. And he can hit 20-plus bombs a year. Uh, and then you got Tommy Pham against lefties. He's not a great power hitter, but he knows how to hit lefties well. You think Vogelback can get 20-plus a year hitting off half of the at-bats? Well, it's not half because it's not half righties and half lefties. There's a lot more right-handed pitchers. Oh, than oh, pitchers. Compl- okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. That's a very good point, Jack. I yeah, totally slipped my mind. So, yeah, if, if it was half, it would be tougher to get that mark. But I, you know, he slimmed down a little bit. You know, in the offseason, he lost some weight. Uh, really, he did. Yeah, he it's donated not, it to Bohm. It's not like, I mean, I think the muscle's still there, but yeah. he just trimmed down some of the, you know, some of the fat. I think he just got in the gym, and you know, Alonso's looking a little thinner too. So. Uh, just in terms of, you know, the, the the gut region. I don't really know how to yeah. say that without kind of look like I'm slandering Dude, it. Dude, put that thing away. There are like, <laughs> like children, children here. Yeah. Go to the snack bar. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, those guys look just more, you know, in shape, I would say. I mean, not that they were out of shape last season, but they just look more, I don't know toned. what I'm looking for here. Yeah, I could say toned. Ready. More... I just look slick, like slick. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, sleek. Yeah, I know what you sleek, mean. That's sleek. Sleek. That I think that's what the I'm Phillies going look for. more buff. So, I mean, you could be buff and look sleek at the thing at the same time. Could so saying boom, you know, buff boom over there. Yeah. So you know, we we, we will see. And then you got uh, you know, Canna and uh, you know, the Mets catching spot still is an okay you know thing to fill it out. And then you got Escobar and Beatty at third. I'm really excited to see Brett Beatty. He could be a good. Solid young rook for the Mets this year. Saw a little bit of flashes of him at the end of last year. I think he's going to make the opening day roster. Uh, he could be a factor. I think he is good bat-to-ball skills. I think he's a guy, I'm not saying similar to Alec Bohm, uh, but he's got the bat-to-ball skills. He could spread the ball you know, to all fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, I think, about adding on that more power element at the big league level. So so we'll see. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's got the you know, the ceiling of Alec Bohm trajectory-wise, but I think they're kind of similar hitters in what their strengths are. Gotcha. So... And I, I'm really confident in Bohm uh, at this point in his career because already he's he's gone through so many tests where he could have just fallen apart and been a bust. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. He's been through the 2021 where it was just an all-around bad season. Uh, he's been through the 2022 where he was getting booed off the field. Um, and he responded with the best year yet. I, I really have confidence that, you know, Bohm's mental toughness is is there and that's something we have to worry about in Philly a lot of times with people. You saw it with Ben Simmons. You saw it um <laughs> I I'm just trying to think of examples where you saw it with Carson Wentz, you yeah, know? The shriveled. Philly atmosphere has a chance to wreck players sometimes. Yeah, I mean the, it's a byproduct uh, the, the, of being great yep, the big markets. fans. The yeah. big markets like New York and Philadelphia, if you don't have that mental toughness to you, 
it can break you at the end of the day. And I think and it's it can, one of, and it can ruin your career. Yeah, I think it's a great asset that Boehm has developed now that has given me even more confidence in him. And that's a great little bridge to our. That's a good point I think about Boehm too. But that's a bridge kind of our next I think point we want to talk about here. I mean, just look. The mental toughness it takes to succeed at the highest levels and to win a championship yeah. throughout the course of the season, especially in baseball, because there's so many games. Yeah. You go through your ruts, you go through your high moments, and it's just staying mentally engaged and fully focused through the 162. I mean, it is tough. It's not easy because you're playing, obviously, so many games in you know, limited amount of days, 162 and around 185 days. You get a couple off days sprinkled in between the All-Star break and stuff like that, but it's not a lot of time off. Day in, day out. And, you know, you can make the argument that, you know, baseball's not physically as enduring as football and hockey because there's just not a lot of, in terms of the physical context, I was saying, and that's correct. But at the end of the day, you know, football, there's 16 games a year. Baseball, you're going out 162. And these guys, some of these, most of these guys should say, playing every day. Yeah. I mean, Francisco Lindor at shortstop, he played a buck 61 last year. I think it was one game. Good um, point. So it, it's just. Night in and night out, these guys are bringing it. The travel side of things too, mm-hmm. so a I lot mean, more th- traveling. There's a lot that goes into it. So I mean, to discredit you know that side of things in terms of the mental stuff, and you know, oh well, it's it's not you know tough to play baseball physically in your body. I I go talk to these guys when it comes around playoff time. And ask how many of them are feeling it. Oh, great, yeah, not many, if yeah. any at all. Especially pitchers. Exactly, pitching is the very wear physical. and tear in your arm. Catchers too. Yeah. Um. Anyways, their about, knees. Uh, I mean, by the time their careers are over, catchers' knees are probably just destroyed. They're gone. Yeah, just destroyed. Yeah, we nine talk- innings of just being in that squatting position. I mean, oh, it just sounds like it hurts. It sounds, yeah, disgusting. And you know, especially when you know over the course of the season, how many how many balls like you know catch them in in odd spots and you know just. You know, move it, around back there, sliding around. Exactly. And it's just man. Yeah, it's do tough. not envy the life of a catcher. Not to mention, while all that's happening, you have to be you know. Calling the game. Yeah. So catchers have my utmost respect. Like, and that's why I love baseball. There's so much strategy goes into it. Like, I was thinking about this yesterday. And people get mad that you can just knee it down and run down the clock in football and kick a game-winning field goal. And what do you think of the potential rule change to stop that? You I have to advance the I ball like one it's, yard. It's part of the game. Yeah. So as much as people don't like it, it's part of the game. But at the end of the day, in baseball, you can't do that. There's no running out the clock. Yeah, there's no clock. Yeah, you you know you just got to rear back and try to throw a fastball by a guy in the ninth inning of a World Series game, and you can get burned by it. Yep, that's what makes baseball Never thought of that. so great. Never thought about that. That's there's so no true. way in baseball you can just ice the game and, and run out the clock unless you lead by that many runs. Yeah, unless you just physically dominate a team to the point of the ninth inning where you're up by six and you're just saying, yeah, we're gonna put the bow and let's get three outs. We're done. We're winning the game. Like, you got to bring it all nine innings if you want to win a game. You can't take an inning off. Yeah, it's it's very true. So, um, anyway, let, let's finish up with this uh, between our two teams. Um, I'll, I'll say when Harper's out because he's out, you know, half the season at least, uh, whatever. Yeah, probably back in June. Yeah, June, July. Uh, top three Phillies um, hitters that you're scared of this year in order. <sighs> One Turner, two Schwarber, three Bohm. Really? Okay. To start the season. To obviously, the obviously season? when Harper comes back, he'll be in there. That's why I took him out. Because So would he be number one on that list? No, it'd be Turner. Really? Turner? You're most, you're most afraid of Turner. 
No, no, probably the Harper, yeah. I was going to say, because yeah. you're saying the Phillies aren't getting infinitely better, and you're saying they just added the best hitter well, on no, their like, team. Well, no, like, hitting-wise, they they made upgrades, but I'm just, I don't know, I'm concerned about the pitching, especially pitching depth. They just pitching don't have a, a lot of it. They just don't. It's a concern. And you're going to have to deal with injuries. I know. Throughout the course of the I'm season. I'm going to watch Bailey Falter pitch another Like, are we going to see Christopher Sanchez? Is he still on the team? Yes. Like, we're going to see Christopher Sanchez probably make a couple appearances this year. I don't know about If I'm a Phillies that. fan, I don't love that. Yeah, I don't either. But, Whether it be uh, as a starter or reliever. Look, I'm hoping that these six we have with um, your your Nola Wheeler, uh, Suarez Walker, Painter Falter, right? Those are the six guys that I think are playable. Um, after that, you know, I'm hoping that those six can last until the trade deadline when you add another one, when you add a piece. Yeah, And at the end of the day, I mean, look, down the stretch of the season, I don't love Tyon Walker. I watched the past couple of years. The no. guy starts the season off great. But down the stretch of the season, the guy just—he's a different pitcher. He's just not as efficient. Yeah, it's it's a valid concern. Um, yeah, I, I think that's uh, a good point that, that the pitching is a concern. But hitting wise, I mean, the Phillies, I think, are just so ready, and I think you know, developing their young talent in in you can up. shut them down though. You, it's possible, right? I mean, it's possible with any team. Yeah, we saw the uh, the great. Padres get shut down in the NLCS. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. I, I feel like just this team is just so up and down. I feel like it's more. It, I feel like it's been consistentized a little bit this off season. Yeah, I think adding Turner adds consistency, brings a little bit more stability. Yeah, I think there's stability. A little bit. A little bit. Soto, I think, will bring stability. Um, I understand he's not the best pitcher in the league, right? But I think he's a valid piece to the bullpen. Um, and I, I think Rob Thompson also has added stability to this team. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, he pushed all the right buttons last year. It's hard to do that two years in a row. Very hard. Very difficult. Um, so, But if there's anyone to do it, it's a baseball lifer like him, I yeah. think. In my opinion, um, I, I just really do think the Phillies are, are that scary of a team. How about the uh, the Braves? What scares you about the Braves the most? Fully healthy Ronald Acuna Jr.? Yeah, it's obvious. That yeah. scares me a little bit. Um... Matt Olson. Eh, he's good, but he's not like if I look at the Braves, I don't say Matt Olson's the first guy that strikes. Nah, me not the eyes. first one, but I'm I'm probably not even the second either. I'm way more scared of I, I'm way more scared of Austin Riley than I am of Matt Olson. Austin Riley is very good. Austin he's a scary Riley man. Is has developed uh, quite well. Yeah. Who hasn't? <laughs> For the Braves, really? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> it's who a valid have, point. Who have they called up in the past like three years that that is like spearheading their roster that you say, yeah, that guy's just not as good as we thought. Like you thought maybe it could Oof. be Riley, but look what Riley is now. He's All a top stars. five third baseman yeah. in the game. He's very good, and a loaded third base position. Yeah, I mean, you got Arenado, you got J Ram, you have Riley, you have Bregman, Alec Bohm. No, I'm not I'm kidding. No, he's not middle of the pack. So yeah, far. middle of the pack. Um. Oh, else I'm missing guys. It's like Mets. Run through the names. Escobar and Beatty. Not really middle of the pack too. I'd say. Yeah. So. Um. I feel like. Yeah. I definitely feel like we're missing a third baseman here. Uh. Matt Chapman's decent. He's top ten, but not top five. Um. Oh boy. I don't know. Ooh. I feel like I'm lacking. I don't know. We're going to take our final break of the today's show, though. Yeah. We'll think of it over the break. When we come back, we'll wrap up our MLB discussion and then wrap up the show, as always, with our college hoops discussion here on this Wednesday morning. Don't go anywhere for the final part of the show. Heavy Hitters, Radio Voice of Kutztown University. K.R. Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody, here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. K.U.R. Kutztown. Jack Heim, as always. 
Joined by Mitchell Smithy, we were talking about our two favorite MLB teams here for a vast majority of our number two. But Mitch, we're going to quit. Quick wrap it up as we yeah. do have a little bit of college hoops to talk about yeah. as this week goes on. We're kind of near, we're nearing, not kind of, but we are nearing the end of the regular season, rolling on towards conference uh, championship week, and then March Madness will shortly thereafter follow. So a lot to talk about on that front here to wrap up our about final 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but any last things uh, to talk about baseball? Like, there we is, did yeah. find that third baseman, though. Just one more question for you after we do uh, announce. Yes, it was Manny Machado we were missing. Yes. How could we forget? From the uh, Slab Diego Padres. Yeah. Um, Curse you, Padres. <laughs> I love it. Um, but anyways, I wanted to ask you, Jack. So we're heading into the final part of the offseason. Spring training just about upon us here. Um, anything around the league or more specifically in our two markets uh, that you're waiting to see shape up in the rest of the offseason? Or is everything pretty much set in stone? Any contracts, extensions? Uh, um, I think. Any free agents? You know, anything? Nah. I, I think we're I didn't done. Think so, so I think we're done with that. Maybe a long-term Alonso deal gets done, but I think now that spring training is rolling around, I think that's kind of out out of the picture. How long is he under contract season. for so far? This he's got one more year after this year until okay. free agency. Okay, so, he's so got next time. year's his. Yeah, he's got yeah. time. Yeah, I got you. He's got time. So uh, okay, so around the league, not really anything you're looking for either. Any storylines you're you're dramatic like here in Philly? Like the thing is like you know how good is Painter? You know yeah. how good is no, that guy there. when he comes up? Yeah. Uh, anything like that for the Mets? I think it's around Francisco Alvarez. I mean, well, you know, when is he going to be here fully? Is he going to be what what is advertised being a top five prospect in the game? Uh, he's got the power. We saw a little oh, wow. bit last year. I didn't year. realize he was that high. But um, yeah, it's just about when he's going to take the reins of this catching spot, you know. And I think the Omar Narvaez signing was really good to try to mentor um Mr. Alvarez there. And I think Francisco learned a lot from Omar. You know, over the course of you know this pitchers and catchers period, and throughout spring training, and whether Alvarez starts up with the Mets or down in Triple A Syracuse uh, to start, you know, that's to be determined. But I think mm-hmm. you know these next couple of weeks, so you know, will tell a lot about how much Alvarez can you know soak up. Uh, just try to be a sponge, uh, and you know, we know the tools are there for the plate wise. He's taken steps defensively, but I think he's still got a little bit of work to do before he's a major league mainstay, and he could be as powerful of a batter as you know. He's been projected to be. So I'm really excited to see what Alvarez can be. Uh, I think Beatty as well is in that discussion. Just about when these guys can can fully blossom, you know, with the big league club, the New York Mets. Uh, you know, he's not going to be in the major leagues this year, probably maybe maybe next year, but I don't know either. But a prospect I absolutely love is Alex Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's down at Double A Bingham, uh, Binghamton right now. Uh, I love his ceiling just as a pure center fielder wise. He's got kind of all five tools. He's, he's got speed, contact, power. Man, he's just... Whew. I love love watching that guy play the game. So uh, it's just it's just that's a guy I'm really excited for uh, in the future wise. But that's kind of it on prospect report uh, from the Mets. I mean, we have some other guys too, but I don't want to take up too much time. Yeah, because we yeah, do have we'll just move on quickly. Through, so. so I'm just I'm yeah, Painter and uh, I think Bohm is exciting people now. Um, and really, these new uh, these new trade uh, or these free agent and trade additions, uh, people are just excited to see how it goes, man. This year, a lot to look forward to. Adding uh, to a especially on I'm the NL East front. You feel a tingle in your stomach, Jack, where you're just like, it's like the countdown to Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, it's the countdown to baseball. We're what less than 45 days away from opening day, something like that. I'm so so, so excited. Yeah, man. So get that spring feel in the air. Yeah, it's oh, it's gonna be up over 60 today. 
It's going to be nice. So. so we're getting there, man. We are really, really getting there. So why don't we take it to college hoops? Uh, any major headlines over the last couple days that uh, you wanted to bring up for college hoops? Last night there were a couple big-time matchups. Top 25 showdown between Providence and Creighton, the Big East double OT affair that saw the Friars of Providence get a big-time win over Creighton. Yeah, something had to give. Creighton was on an eight-game win streak coming into the game. Providence was on a 15-game home winning streak and have won 34 of their last 35 home games. Now make it 35 of 36. When the Friars play on their home floor, they lock it down. 94-86, double OT win. Head on the performance of the Kentucky transfer, Bryce Hopkins, uh, along well uh, as Devin Carter, the sophomore from Miami, Florida, and South Carolina transfer, put up 25 uh, and then Noah Locke, the senior, longtime, well, not longtime Friar, but he's been around the game, spent three years down in Gainesville with the Gators, last year with Louisville, and now up here, final year of collegiate basketball, most most likely rim with the Friars in the Big East. All three of those guys put up 20 or more on the Friars' big-time home win. Resume booster, uh, and it keeps Providence uh, with a shot at the Big East regular season title, the Big East Conference, wide open. Four teams within a game of first place. Marquette right now, 12 and three, leads the way, followed by 11 and three Xavier and Providence to Creighton, both 11 and four, are right there, neck and neck. It's going to be a fun race down the stretch of the regular season to see who gets that one seed going into the Big East tournament, hosted at the greatest sports arena in the world, MSG. Awesome. Why right, don't we uh, get to our KUR notebook before we finish out with some more questions? Yes, we do. Attention, KU community. Join the Women's Center for Capture Your Confidence on Thursday, March 2nd at 7 p.m. in McFarland Student Union, room 223. This event is a collaboration with the Catwalk Modeling Troupe to help students find their confident poses. These will be put into practice and students will be captured with a photo for them to keep. Please be sure to come out to this fun event. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Coastal University. Kate, you are wrapping up today's show, Mitch. Uh, we're talking about college hoops. I was talking a little bit about the Big East uh, title race for the regular season-wise and how that Providence-Creighton matchup last night continues to shape the race and makes it ever so interesting. Um, a couple more matchups I want to talk a little bit about. Syracuse gets a home win by three over top 25-ranked NC State. The Wolfpack, uh, an experienced team, good back, good backcourt play that I like uh, in the ACC. I don't know how far they'll go when it comes to tournament time. Uh, but project an eight seed right now per Joe Lenardi, according to his latest practicality that came out as of yesterday on Valentine's Day. Um, but the Orange get a win. Jane Bayheim had some interesting comments a couple weeks ago. Don't really have time to dive down that rabbit hole now, but it's kind of old news anyway. So, But five, all five starters for the Orange put up double figures in their three-point home win against the Wolfpack. Um, other important games last night. Nebraska gets a 10-point win over Rutgers uh, as the Big Ten continues to be chaotic. Oklahoma throttles K-State. Uh, who was number 12 in the country. Uh, they beat them by 14 on their home floor. I mean, the Big 12 is just anyone can beat anyone on every given night, as we saw Monday as Texas Tech t- took down uh, the top dog in the conference, Texas. So, I mean, all 10 of these teams, very high quality. Uh, it's just, whew, I don't know if we've ever seen a big uh, conference this this loaded from top to bottom. It's, it's really crazy what the Big 12 is this year. Uh, and the crazy thing is two of these teams are going to miss the tournament, probably being Oklahoma and Texas Tech. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's how man, good it's divisions kinda, work, man. It's kind of it for last in New Mexico, man. They continue to take a slide. They fell last night by 14 at home to Wyoming. I mean, the Lobos, <laughs> not a great time to have a slide. And it might cost them an NCAA tournament bid. I mean, February, they have yet to win a game. 0 4. Wow. Loss at Utah State, not a bad loss. Home to Nevada by one, that's a crusher. Nevada's a really good team, but that would have been a nice one to have. And then at Air Force and at Wyoming, Air Force middle of the pack in the Mountain West, Wyoming 
at the smack dab bottom. They are in the basement of the Mountain West. So some bad losses piling up for the Lobos. They got to snap it. They got to go on a run, I think, here to end the season. They have opportunities too, like I mentioned on, on Monday. They got Boise State, San Diego State in front of them to end the season. So one or maybe even two wins there uh, can help you know get them back into more solidified air. So uh, that, that's that's yeah. kind of it for New Mexico in terms of the games last night for for key teams in the bubble race. Not really Providence and Creighton wise. Sorry, uh, or yeah. NC State. But aside from the Lobos, anyone uh, on the bubble kind of sliding or climbing? Clemson sliding, man. They were top of the ACC just a couple weeks ago. Now they are in the last four in per Joe Lenardi, and they are actually the last team in the field. So Brad Brownell's group, they got to get it together here down the stretch of the regular season. Uh, they were once a tournament lock uh, at one point, I would say. Not not a lot, but they were confident, you could say, that they, that they were going to get in. Now it's not so sure. So so we'll see about that. Uh, some line moving here. It's actually pretty interesting. Like I mentioned, Kentucky. And USC, USC all the way went from last four buys to first four out uh, with their last stretch. Kentucky <laughs> fell out uh, of the race as well. Mississippi State with a big climb. They're now uh, the first team of the last four in group. UNC kind of stays put uh, after their win against, uh, who was it? I believe they beat Notre Dame, uh, but then lost to Miami at home. <laughs> so they, they kind of stayed put. New Mexico drops a couple. Uh, Memphis goes from first four out to last four buys territory again. Uh, so we, we're going to continue to see this big movement with how much parity there is in the game this year uh, between these last four buys and last four in and first four out group. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see all that take shape over the coming weeks. Alabama is a projected top overall seed after Purdue's loss to Northwestern. Uh, Purdue is still a one seed, uh, but just now not the top overall seed. Why is Alabama so. good at everything? Yeah, man, NATO's doing a great job with the Tide. They're, they're really good this year. I like their guard play. They have uh, Javon Quinterly, the senior guard. Uh, started his career at Villanova, like I mentioned on Monday, now three years down uh, in Tuscaloosa. He's coming off the bench. I really like him. Uh, they have Mark Spears, uh, another guard uh, who I like. And then they have powerful freshman Brandon Miller, Noah Clown. He talked a little bit all about this on Monday, so I'm not going to go down that same hole. But I do like Alabama uh, as a team. They're just very deep, and they play you know, a very solid game. They, they're good defensively, good offensively, pretty much good in every area. You slice it up. So uh, yeah, that's a team I like. How about um, how about this question? How many teams realistically do you think could win the entire tournament? Ooh, that's that's a good question. That's a really good question because, you know, usually, like, for example, in 2021, we knew Gonzaga and Baylor were the two best teams, and mm-hmm. it was everyone else. Like, and then that's why they played each other in the national championship game. They were just that much better than the rest of the field. Yeah. And, you know, Baylor went on to win. Doesn't don't sound have, like you have a team it, this year. It, like it's that. not like that this year. Like, the ones are beatable. Like, Purdue's really good, but they're beatable. Like, there's no elite team this year that's just above and beyond everyone else. And that's what's going to make this year so interesting. And that's what I think can lead to a lot of chaos in March. There's always chaos in March Madness, but this year could be a hectic year in every region. It just could honestly just be really crazy. I mean, I, you know, To answer your question about number of teams who can win it, I'd probably say seven or eight right now. Seven really. or eight, wow. I mean, If I had to give my teams, I think Alabama could win it. I think Houston could win it. Oh, maybe not Houston. Uh, I'd say Alabama. I think Texas could win it all. Um, Houston, they I, they could. I don't know. I don't know if Purdue could. I don't know if I trust those freshman really? guards. They're a really, really good team. But I think those freshman guards falter in a game against a more uh, experienced team who has really good perimeter players. That's where they could falter. Kansas could win it all, I think. Uh, UCLA, I think, could win it all with their experience. They're very good defensively. Uh, they were performing you know, well offensively, too, and they're a very experienced group. Uh, so I like them. They have Tiger Campbell, one of the better guards in the country. Um, who else? Let Tennessee. I think Baylor could win it all. Baylor, yeah. Baylor's good. They have the best backcourt trio in the country. 
Uh, UVA is an interesting team. I think Virginia is a really, really talented team. I think they could walk away with the title. I, do I think they're going to win it if I had to pick it right now? No, but they are capable. They, they have the tools. Very good defensively. They, they're much more efficient offensively than they've been in years past. It's kind of, they're a little bit worse offensively efficient, uh, offensive efficiency-wise than they were when they won the national championship. But this is kind of the closest they've been to that team. Mm-hmm. So they, they're an interesting bet to watch. Um, who else? What about Tennessee? I really like. No, I don't no? think no, not not good enough offensively. Really, defensively okay. they're really good, but offensively they're they're way too inconsistent. Defense wins liking. championships, Jack. Yeah, not always in March. No. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you can go you on a run. Be able to score. You can go on a run on a defensive based team like St. Peter's did last year, but yes. you have to be able to score the basketball. I was going to say that. I feel have like that's to be what able was to score the basketball. St. Peter's last year, so. they just played a better UNC team who just physically dominated them and could score more than they could. So, um. How about, uh, you know, we got five days till the next show, so um, walk us through things you're looking for this weekend. Well, one of the last regular season Saturdays, you have this, this Saturday the 18th, you have next Saturday uh, the 25th, and that's probably it for regular season Saturdays. Uh, actually, no, three more. You have March 4th as well uh, for the Power Six conferences with a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the mid-major tournaments already getting underway uh, at that point, so... Really two full regular season Saturdays for every conference and then Saturday, March 4th uh, for the Power Six, like I mentioned. So what I'm looking for this upcoming weekend, uh, I mean, look, how this tournament continues to take shape, you can see upsets happen. Illinois plays Indiana, interesting one. Uh, this uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, that's a huge one for the for the Wildcats. They need to be Tennessee to get themselves more solidified back in the field. Oklahoma, Texas, you got Iowa State, Kansas State. I mean, there's a lot of matchups that you could pinpoint and look forward to, and unfortunately, uh, we're going to run a little bit low on time, so I can't you know, fully go in depth on some of these and pinpoint a little bit more of them. Uh, but I uh, just want to thank everyone for tuning in to today's show. As always, here as yes. we are in uh, the 58 minute of the second hour. Uh, we have some other student program shows coming up for the rest of the day. Bopping and vibing at noon, Outstanding Originals, 9 p.m. tonight. Uh, so those are a couple student-based programming, uh, student-based programming shows that uh, we would love to for you all listeners to stick around and listen into coming up for the rest of the day. Get ready to bop and vibe. Yeah, get ready to bop and vibe at with noon Kaylee. with DJ K. So, yeah. uh, oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, your program director, Jack Himes, got it unlocked for you. So. Thank you. Thank Stay you. tuned, KUR. Well, as always, thank you for listening to Heavy Hitters, another edition in the books. We'll be back bright and early Monday morning. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the weekend. Baseball March Madness right around the corner. Enjoy some sports this weekend, folks.